Thank you for your words, the words you've already given us. Your word we're about to break open for what we believe is a message straight from the throne room. That's what we came for, Lord, to hear from you, to hear from you. And so we are ready. Our hearts are receptive to what you want to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house. Such an honor to be able to stand in this great pulpit where so many revivalists and great men and women of God that the Lord is using in this day to preach from. It's very humbling at the same time, you know. If you have your Bibles, go to 1 Samuel. We'll get right into the Word this morning. I am excited about the book, but I'm also a little nervous and expect I'm ready to hear what the Lord speaks to you through the book. But remember this as you, as you read through any book, not just my book, but any book. Chances are you're not going to remember 90% of the book. But it's just that one thing the Lord speaks to you. That just that one nugget. That one revelation, that one aha moment, I get it. And so that was the heart of the book, that we would not only hear from heaven, but that we would echo what he said to do. That's the key. We don't just preach words, we preach his word. Written word, spoken word, revealed word. You heard this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in action where there was a tongue that was given and then four different interpretations of that one tongue. And people say, well, shouldn't it be one for one? Shouldn't it be one tongue, one interpretation? Well, no, in, rabbis would know this and they teach this. What, you can't just say one word, Jesus, and it just mean Jesus. That word Jesus, Yeshua, would mean healer, savior, deliverer, liberator, waymaker. It's more than just one word, so... So what you heard this morning was just the Lord giving us the fullness of that one tongue. Does that make sense? And if you've never been a part of that or in, you know, heard or sat in a service where that happens, it's okay. It's just the Lord um, wanting to get a word to his people. It's all it is. It may be foreign to many of us that didn't come up in a denomination or a church that allows those gifts to flow, but it's okay. It's, it's still the Lord trying to get a message to his people. And, and, and watch this. Many of you may have heard one of the words that was given and your, your heart really connected to that word love. You heard love, 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 I need that. Some of you heard the word put your hand in my hand and you needed that, that touch. Some of you heard um, go find the, the, the outcast and, the, and the, the ones who have been left in society. That, that evangelistic heart would have connected probably to that word. And so you may not have caught all the word that was given but, but something left on the inside of you. I'm sure. So thank God for that word and, and those obedient to give that. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 is where I'll begin. And I, I just I want to make sure that you understand my heart in writing the book that is out there on that table. It was originally just a compilation of words of knowledge, testimonies that the Lord has allowed me to flow in since probably early 2000, 2000. 
2004, 2005, really when it first started happening. And it was just a, a document, it was just documented uh, testimony of each of those that I could recall. That's why it's so important to journal things because paper never forgets. And sometimes in the water, people will come up and say, hey, do you remember that word you gave me in 2019 about my uncle? Help me remember, what did I say? And so, um, and so just from my recollection, I was sitting down uh, for, for the past five years writing this book. So let me encourage you that feel like the Lord's, maybe you've heard the Lord tell you to write a book and you've been writing some things down and it just doesn't seem to happen. It's okay, five years in the making of just sitting down for 20 minutes, an hour, two hours, 10 minutes, just writing notes in my phone and then, and then moving those over to the, to the book form. Um, so be encouraged. It may, it may take some time, but let it be in his time. It'll happen. It'll happen. Amen. Well, in writing the, the testimonies down, uh, submitted that to Destiny Image, Larry Sparks, and he loved it. He loved the, the powerful spot on words of knowledge, but he was like, I, I love that, but what if? I love people that challenge me, people that ask what if. He said, what if we could teach the reader how to flow in that as well? I was like, I like that. He's like, well, you're going to need to get writing again because <laughs> you're going to have to show us how we can hear. And it's very difficult for me to put into words what the Lord allows me to flow in because I never asked for a word of knowledge gift. I never sought a gift. I just sought the giver. I never asked him, Lord, let me flow in words of knowledge because in that word of knowledge, it's not a very... Um, glamorous gift. It's not a prophetic word that you're speaking to nations, you know, and declaring things over countries. It's not a prophetic word like that. It's a word of knowledge for someone. A word of knowledge is just a supernatural, uh, for lack of better words, it's a supernatural download that the Spirit of God will give you for a certain individual or a family or a people group that, that you would have no uh, recollection, you would have no memory, you would have no knowledge of that beforehand. It's the Spirit of God giving you something so specific and I'll share some of those this morning, so specific that there's no way you could know that. And the hearer understands there's no way that this ball bulgy guy could know that. It has to be the Lord. And that's what I love about the gift. It's that shaking real quick of, whoa, he's here. He's here. And, and when people fly in from all over the world and get in the water, they need that, that, um, that going from event to encounter. Because some people want to go to the colleges and the schools just to say, I went to that. I was a part of that. God never intended us. He never meant for us to come to revivals and sit just so we could say, I was there. I was a part of it. I was a part of history. He wants to encounter us and us to have an experience with him that is so beautiful and so intimate that it goes, it goes deep on the inside of us, penetrates our heart, and changes us forever. And that's what just to preface the book, that's, that was the heart. So he's like, yeah, the stories are amazing, but what if you could teach us how to flow in that? I'm like, well, I'm not a teacher. He said, well, act like one. <laughs> just, just write and see what happens. And so very honored and, and um, thankful for Destiny Image and Larry Sparks and what all they've done to help put this thing together. Before I jump into 1 Samuel 3, I have to make notice of just a couple of people in the room because they're my family. My nephew, Owen Hunter, is in the room. Owen Hunter Langford. Would you stand, Owen, and just greet everybody? He is single, ladies. I think he's ready to mingle, so. Single, ready to mingle. So. And, then, and then the ones who 
who allowed me to put my feet on planet earth. My mother and father are in the room. Would you stand? My daddy just had a birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. They're absolutely beautiful people inside and out, so I thank God. I watched my daddy write at a, at a kitchen table. I would watch my daddy write and write and write and write and write. Great penmanship. And he would just write, and I thought, my God, I would never want to spend my life sitting and writing. Just give me a ball. Let me go outside and play. And then the Lord has a sense of humor, and he says, well, you, you, you take what your daddy inspired you to do, and you, you put pen to paper, and you write. So thank God for you. 1 Samuel 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. That's why we need to pause and just thank God that he gave us four different words through one tongue this morning. Because in Eli's day, who was a priest of the temple, the word of the Lord was rare. And there was no frequent vision. It was like heaven was silent. And there was a reason for that. We'll talk about it in just a minute. Verse 2, at that time Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. Say his own place. That is very important. Eli, the priest, was laying down in his own place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord. Hmm. Eli was lying down in his own place. Samuel, the young boy, was laying down in the temple. Proximity is everything. Not only was Samuel in the temple of the Lord, but he was there where the ark of God was. Before I get too deep into it already, if, if you want to hear the voice of God, it's pretty simple. Just get where he is. That's it. Everybody's looking for a secret formula, cheat code. It's right here. Samuel was laying in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. But then he ran to Eli. Too many of us running to the wrong one. Well, and he ran to Eli and he said, here I am for you called me. But Eli, he, Eli, he said, I did not call. Go lie down again. And so he went and he lay down. And then the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and he said, here I am for you called me. But he, Eli, said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord, see, Samuel had an excuse. Eli didn't. Eli should have known the voice of the Lord. Samuel had no idea. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he arose and went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived, he finally gets it. He, Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went, he lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood calling at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Anytime you see a name or something twice, back to back, that means the Lord is urgent about what he's about to say. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. 
On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. In other words, there is nothing Eli can do to change my mind. No offering, no sacrifice, there's nothing he could do. The wrath of God is coming against Eli because of his sons and his knowledge of what his sons were doing, defiling the temple and defiling the people, and Eli did nothing. Well, there's another message in that about pastors and leaders who need to need to correct. When correction needs to happen, you better correct. Because if you don't, blood's on your hands. So anyway, he said, nothing you can do, Eli. It's over. Verse 15. Samuel lay until morning, then he opened the door of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. In other words, whatever God told you he's going to do to me, if you don't tell me word for word, God's going to do it to you. Eli's like, that same wrath is coming upon you. I'm going to spread that wrath. I ain't taking all of it. You'll get some too if you don't tell me exactly what he said. Don't hide it from me. Verse 18. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And the Lord let none of his words fall to the ground. Isn't that wonderful that the Lord would speak to a young boy who previously did not know the Lord nor his voice. And there's another man, priest of God, in the temple just right down the, the way from this young boy who is a priest. He should have heard the voice of God. He should have recognized the voice of God. He should have knew the voice of God. But instead, God bypasses Eli to speak to a young boy. When, when the Lord tries to get a word to you and you're not obedient to that word or if you neglect the words, at some point, God's going to stop speaking to you. It's biblical. The Lord wanted to speak to the children of Israel and the priests thereof, but he said, I can't because of the wickedness in the land. Your priests are, are wicked. Your kings are wicked. The people are wicked. They're doing vile things all around my temple. So therefore, there's no the word of the Lord was rare in those days and there was no vision because the people wouldn't listen. A.W. Tozer said, Christianity today cannot hear the voice of God because they've already determined not to obey what he said. So why would the Lord exhaust his breath on someone that it's going to let fall to the ground? The Lord said the words that Samuel spoke, not one of his words fell to the ground. Every word he spoke would come to pass. Every word that the Lord would speak to him would, would have fruit to it. My God, that's, that's the life I want to live. How about you? I don't know if you're like me, but when I grew up, I grew up in a denominational church and and. Thank God for my roots. I'm, I'm, I'm born again because of the Baptist church. I'm, I'm, 
Baptist. We're baptizing every Sunday night. Thank God for the Baptist. They, they taught me some things. They, they instilled discipline into me and, and, and to win souls and all that. But, but the word of the Lord was uh, rare when it comes to um, um, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and, and things of that nature. Tongue, interpretation of tongue. That was foreign. You would get great preaching, but the gifts and, and the things that the Lord would love to speak, revelatory gifts, wouldn't happen. Not that they don't now, but I'm saying in that day when I was growing up, you didn't hear tongues and interpretation. If you did, it, most people would run out. They're like, I don't know what that is, I'm out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Somebody's got a devil or something, we're out of here. But we've just learned, we, we've just learned uh, in my life that, that the Lord desperately wants to get a word not only to somebody, but through somebody. In the book, you'll see so many ways God speaks. There are so many ways that God speaks to His children today. If we just fine-tune it and, and, and have an ear to hear. Do you know four or five times in the New Testament the Bible says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. John 10, 27 said, My sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. But I think today we could, we could tweak that a little bit and say, my, my people should know my voice. They don't really, but they should. They know Netflix. Stepping on toes already. I just, I just early on wanted to be able to hear from heaven and echo what he said. I don't know if you're able to throw that up there, and this is just a, just a, just a little curveball I'm throwing at the media team. But if you have Mark chapter five verse forty, I'll give you a second. Can you throw that up on the screen? I just, I just heard that from the Lord that we need to look at this. We sometimes you need to hear something, but more often we need to see something. Eighty-six percent of what we retain. It's from what we see. Only 11% of what we retain is from what we hear. Did you know that? So I want you to see something. This is where, this is where Jesus was going into Jairus' house. And the Bible says this is what Jesus did. When he went into the house, he put all of them outside. Do you see that? But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Verse 41. He wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Verse 41. So Jesus comes in and puts everybody out. Then he takes the child by the hand and he says to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. That was Jesus at Jairus' house. Now watch Acts 9.40. Give you just a second to go to Acts 9.40. They'll put it up on the screen so you don't have to turn there. But Acts 9.40, this is where Peter goes into a, uh, uh, a lady's house named Tabitha. And she was a disciple. She was doing kingdom work. And this is what Peter does. Peter goes in, and after he puts them all out, huh, sounds familiar. And he kneels down and he prays, and turning to the body, he says to Tabitha, Tabitha, arise, and she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Where do you think Peter got that? When I read those, it was like the Lord said, Peter echoed heaven. He just did what he saw Jesus do. Christianity, kingdom, kingdom culture, kingdom living, it's very simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Jesus said, just do what I do. Just say what I say. If I didn't say it, don't say it. If you can't find it in here to back it up, why would you even waste your time on speaking those kind of words? There's so many ways the Lord speaks to his children today. 
He speaks through visions. This revival was birthed out of an open vision that Pastor Todd had. When the water was empty, there was nothing in the pool, but he saw it full and on fire. That was the Lord speaking to him through an open vision, not through his ears. Do you know there's another way that the Lord can speak to you? It's an audible voice. Has anybody, don't lift your hands up. There may be people in the room that's heard the audible voice of God. Don't lift your hand. Because if you lift your hand, I'm going to be mad at you. I'm going to be envious because I have never in my 52 years heard the audible voice of God. Doesn't mean he can't speak that way. He does. And I know people. I've sat across the table, the lunch table, breakfast table with men of God, women of God who have heard the voice of God audibly. I just have not. I long for that. You can, you can have open visions. You can hear um, um, the audible voice of God. Do you know the Lord can speak to you through songs? I hear songs and it's just like the song goes away and the Lord begins to speak to me about it. I was, I was invited to come to, to, to speak at a, a college right down the road, several young people, I don't know, 75, 100 young people. And um, they just wanted me to kind of share my testimony, where I was when I was a young boy, how I found the Lord, um, what's been happening in my life and ministry since I found the Lord. And then, and then the last question is, what would you tell your 20-year-old self if you could go back 32 years? What would you tell him? And I'm sitting there, and I'm going through the interview process, and the room's full of these college-age students that are, you know, giving their lives to, to um, the kingdom uh, for, for a year, whatever it is, studying the Word of God, being taught. So here I am in front of all these, these college students, which... I'm a college dropout. If you know me, I dropped out of college in 1990 because of a speech class. I said, I will never do that. I don't do speech. I don't, I don't speak in front of people. <laughs> so here I am, the most unqualified one in the room at that time to speak to college kids when I'm the dropout. The, the, the one who could not stand to read growing up still, still don't do very well outside of the Bible and some other some other things that I'll pick up. I just don't read very well. And the Lord says, and I want you to write. And I'm like, Lord, that's, I'm the most disqualified. He's like, exactly. That's why I want to use you. Because if it were about you, you could do all this. You can't do all this. You need me. And so, so many different ways the Lord speaks. Do you know he actually used a donkey back in the day to speak? And some of you are going, well, he's still using one this morning. <clears throat> There's so many ways the Lord speaks to people. So many ways. And if you don't know what those ways are, then you'll be hindered and limited on, on how you are able to hear Him. Some of us need a good Paul, spiritual father in our life that can speak into our life, that can speak the Word of God to us. Some of you need a spiritual mother that can speak into your life. You can hear the voice of God through people. So many ways. This, there, there's probably 10 different ways in the book of how you can hear the voice of God. There's probably three or four ways that I put in the book of what blocks you, what can hinder you from hearing the voice of God. Do you know being jealous and bitter and, and, and living in offense and all those things will keep you from hearing the voice of God? Do you know habitual sin will keep you? I didn't say all sin. I said habitual sin. That, that slip up when you, you know, you're like, oh man, I did it, and the Holy Spirit convicts you, and then you repent of it. That's another thing. But I'm talking about habitual sin, that you keep going back to that ditch, and you keep trying to decorate it every Sunday when you come in here. That habitual sin 
will give you spiritual deafness when it comes to hearing the voice of God. Just the way it is. He's not looking for perfection. None of us are that. Jesus is the only spotless, perfected one, right? But he is looking for hearts that say, I'm not perfect, but I am willing to hear you so I can hee-haw, hee-haw, and just deliver your words to people and echo heaven every day of my life, right? So I'm over at the college, I'm speaking to these college kids, and I'm going through the, the questions, and I'm sharing, and I'm answering the best I can, and, and all of a sudden, I feel the Lord say, there are kids in this room who have broken relationships with their fathers, and I would love to restore it. I'm like, Lord, I'm in the middle of an interview with college. Can you come back later? He said, no, I can't. Because if you make me do that, then you're going to be more distant from hearing me. And next time I can't speak clearly, you might hear, but it'll be at a distance. You won't hear clearly because you disobey. Disobedience will give you spiritual deafness. And if you want to continue to hear the voice of God, always obey what he says right when he says it. I said, Lord, if you want to share, I'll share. I said, hey, there, I feel like there's kids in the room right now. We just need to pause I feel like there's some young people in the room. You have no relationship with your dad, and, and that's always broke your heart. You've always kind of walked with a limp because you always wanted that relationship with your father. If that's you, stand up. And I don't know how many, 40, 50, 60 of them stood up. Tears start flowing. I'm like, that's the Lord. They didn't cry when I was talking my fun stuff. But the moment the Lord whispers, tears begin to flow. That's when you know the Spirit of God comes in. When he starts melting hearts and that liquid love starts coming. I love that. Liquid love starts coming out. That's when you know the Lord's moving. So they just, they just start weeping. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, this is the most random thing. I hear August 23rd. My wife was there. Carson was there. I heard August 23rd. I'm praying for these kids. I'm ministering to this, these kids. And I hear a date. I've, I don't know if I've ever heard a date in my 52 years of walking with the Lord, of the, a word of knowledge like that. And so I said, all these kids are standing up from the left to the right. I said, I don't know what this means, but I just heard August 23rd. Does that mean anything to anybody? And everybody's kind of looking around, looking around. And most people get nervous. I'm okay with missing it. I'm just going to try again next time. Because I'm still human, right? I still have these own ears that, you know, I still have flesh that gets in the way. And I just, I heard August 23rd. And all of a sudden, about five rows up in the theater style seats, this young man's like. Because some people, when you give a word of knowledge like that, they don't know how to respond. Like, is he going to call me down and push me down and kick me and throw oil all over me like the Pentecostals do? They don't want that. Nobody needs fake and fruity. Nobody needs that stuff. Nobody needs that hokey stuff. We just need Jesus. And so I said, August 23rd. And this boy, I said, would you come down here? I want to pray for you. He comes down. He starts weeping. I said, what does August 23rd mean to you, young man? And he stood up with, you know, the broken relationship with his father. I said, what does August 23rd mean to you? He goes, that's my dad's birthday. I said, excuse me? He said, that is my dad's birthday. I said, have I ever met you? He said, no, sir. I said, for all the people in the room, have you and I had a conversation about your dad or his birthday? He said, no, sir. I said, did you stand up for a broken relationship with your father? He said, I did. I said, there's no way I could have known August 23rd. He said, no, there's no way. I said, that's a word of knowledge. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I think it's important that we give instruction when you flow in things like that so people can have a biblical reference to go back to so they know it's just not a man, it's the word of God that's, oh, oh, that is in there. It's 1 Corinthians 12. I said, that is, that is just a moment to let you know that God is here with you and for you. It's beautiful. Samuel, all he did was echo heaven and tell Eli exactly what the Lord told him to tell him. And because of his obedience, he unlocked something 
that from the rest of his days, not a word spoken fell to the ground. That's, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful stuff. So if you take your notes, uh, Echo Heaven, I want to give you three quick things. I don't know if you want to write these down, take a picture. I don't know what you need to do, but I got to hurry. Write this down. God is not limited in when he speaks. He can speak to you in the morning, in the afternoon, while you're sound asleep. God can speak to you. He'll wake you up to get a word to you. He may give you a dream about something. And if you're like me, I'm not a dreamer. Most of my dreams, honestly, most of my dreams are me going down a, a, a steep hill with no brakes. Y'all pray for me. My, my mind is so jacked up. I don't know what that means. If you have a word, email it to Pastor Todd. If, if <coughs> my dream is me going down a steep hill, and it's usually dirt, mud, and, and um, I've got no brakes. I'm pumping them, and I can't stop. And I think, well, I'm dead. That's my dream. So I don't dream like that. I, God, if, if the Lord speaks to me something in a dream, it, boy, it's going to have to be him because he's going to have to step out into the dirt road and give me some brakes. He's not limited when he speaks. He can speak to you in church, at work. He can speak to you in the kitchen, at Walmart, in the grocery store, at the restaurant. He can speak whenever he wants to. He can speak to you in a restaurant. In 2004, we were at a youth conference in Pensacola, Florida. It was called Branded by Fire. We took our youth down there every summer. And uh, the service was amazing that night. I'll never forget it. 2004, I think there's some people in the room that were here, and they can attest, they were sitting in the booth with me in the Waffle House in 2004. God loves to move in Waffle House. Just saying. 2004, and, uh, and, and so we're sitting there. We, we, we walk in, and it's me and, and three other youth leaders, and we sit down in a booth, and I'll never forget it. This, this waitress comes walking over. She's got, she's got our silverware and napkins in her hand. And the moment she walks over, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to me and says, tell her her daughter's okay. It's 2004. I was like, oh, Lord, come on right here. I just want some grits and <laughs> eggs. He's like, sure, you don't have to tell her. But if you don't, don't, don't keep asking me to speak to you. You can't ask me to speak to you, and then when I do, neglect what I tell you to say. It doesn't work that way. I said, okay, Lord, I'll tell her. So she comes over, she got all the silverware and napkins, and I said, sweetheart, I don't know you, you don't know me, but the Lord just told me to tell you your daughter's okay. She dropped everything in her hand, silverware hitting the booth, the table, the countertop, and the floor, makes all the racket. I mean, God's just funny like that. Not some little stealth-like drive-by word of knowledge, just to shake the whole building up, let every, everybody in Waffle House looks at that booth like, what just happened? Matter of fact, one of the leaders that was with me said, what did you just do? I said, I don't know, but you better pray. <laughs> I don't know. So she drops everything, backs away, mouth open, and goes back to the, to the restroom or behind the, I don't know where she went. I was like, Lord Jesus, you have to, you have to finish. What, what, what does that mean? You've got to tell me something. So she comes back over, and she's madder than a wet hen. Y'all know what that is? Y'all know what a wet hen? Mm. She's got that teeth showing. She walks up that little pad and that pen. What do you want? And so I, was, I was like, uh, I don't mean to offend you. I don't even know who you are, but I just felt like I was supposed to share that. She said, who sent you? Who told you to come here and tell me that? I said, ma'am, I don't know you. I don't know your family. I don't know the court system that you were by. I don't know anything about anybody other than the Lord just spoke to me and tell, told, told me to tell you that your daughter loves you and she's okay. 
I said, what does that mean to you? She said, I was going to have an abortion eight years ago. I was this close to having an abortion. And somebody talked me out of aborting my little girl. The last time I saw my little girl is when I gave birth to her. They let me hug her and kiss her, and I released her to them. I've not seen my daughter in eight years. But I heard that the family adopted her in Kentucky has now relocated to Pensacola, Florida. I said, let me tell you what the Lord wants to do. I feel in my spirit what the Lord wants to do is restore that relationship with your daughter that you thought was severed forever. I believe you're going to see her. I believe she's going to tell you, I love you, and it's okay. She's okay. She's okay, and she loves you. About that time, this old, this old, we're in Dawsonville, I can say this. This old redneck sitting at the booth, I'll never forget it. He had Marlboro, he had a pack of red Marlboro sitting beside him. And he had one out. I don't remember if he was smoking it or not, but he had one out. It was either in his ear. I just remember he had one in the Waffle House. I thought, wow, I thought we couldn't do that anymore. But anyway, it's Pensacola. And so he stands up and goes, y'all got a problem over there? And she turned to him and said, sit down, Roy, I got this. I said, sweetheart, the Lord loves you. He's not mad at you for what you did. The, de the devil wants you to condemn you and rebuke you and keep you in torment. Jesus is going to do a beautiful thing in that relationship. I believe it with all my heart. I believe it. We had the greatest service for the rest of the evening because she knew in that moment the Lord had spoke to her. There, there was another time in this water, 2018, maybe early 2019, a young man got in the water. He had just come out of a transgender lifestyle. He had been on CBN and Daystar and God TV. We had no idea. Y'all know people come to the water. We don't know who they are. So this guy gets in the water one night and I ask him, what's your name? He said, Jeffrey. I said, where are you from? He told me. I said, why are you in the water? He said, I've lived a transgender lifestyle for the majority of my life and I've recently come out of that lifestyle and Jesus has called me to go back and minister to the ones who were confused like I was. I said, my God, we rejoiced. We, 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 we anointed him to, to, to set him apart for that work, prayed over him and baptized him, and he came up out of the water. And I said, Jeffrey, you have been called for such a time as this. He went, how did you know that? I said, no way. He said, for such a time as this. I said, well, that's just what the Lord told me to share with you. Why? He goes, I just released a book called For Such a Time as This. He said, the name of my ministry and website is For Such a Time. Listen, folks, if I can give you any gift in life, one, if I can speak in front of anybody, you can too. Two, if the Lord can use a little old boy from Rabbit Town, Georgia, to, to flow in a word of knowledge, because it's never about you, it's never about me, it's, it's about him getting a message to his children to say, I love you and I'm here for you, by the way. Another, another testimony in the book is from years ago, it was 2010, one of our youth leaders at Covenant Connections Church where we served as youth pastors, one of our youth leaders came in and, and devastated. Her husband had called me and said, we need to meet with you. It's very important. We cancel everything. It's a Wednesday night. I've got youth service. And he's like, cancel everything. I've got to come. Me and Monica have to talk to you, Monica Leonard. 
And so they came into my office. They were devastated. They, they, were, they had already been crying. They had tissue already. They sat down. I said, my God, what is wrong? And she began to tell me she had just been diagnosed with um, pancreatic cancer. And they told her it's terminal. They said, you, we can't put a date on it, but you're probably looking at a year to maybe two years max. Her son was still in high school. She didn't think she would get to see him graduate. She didn't think she would get to see his wedding, kids, or anything. That was 2010. She just began to weep and weep. And in my office there, little small office in Flowery Branch, Georgia, we just began to pray for Monica and speak against the words that were spoken against her and her body. Thank God for doctors and nurses, but Jesus is the great physician. I'm going to go with that report. And so I just began to pray over her, minister to her, and all of a sudden the Lord gives me a vision. I see her on foreign soil. I see her in a brown dress and a pink rose. Random, I know. So I stopped. I said, Monica, I have to share this with you. She said, what? I said, I see you on, on foreign soil. She goes, that's weird because I've never been on the mission field and I have no desire to go. I'm like, well, I just see you on the foreign mission field. I see red dirt under your feet on the mission field. And I can tell it because there's these dark babies all around you. And, and I said, and I see you in a brown dress. She goes, I don't wear dresses. Can't be me. I said, I'm just telling you what the Lord's telling me. Take it for what it's worth. I see you in, on foreign soil in a brown dress, pink rose. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> in 2013, we leave from Flowery Branch to come here to be on staff as youth pastors here at Christ Fellowship. About a year later, 2013, 2014, somewhere around in there, I get a call and Monica Leonard said, hey, I just feel like I need to share this with you. Guess where I'm going? I said, where? She said, Kenya. I said, wonderful. She goes, no, 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 no. No. Here's what's wonderful. She said, Marty, I told a young man, a student in our ministry where I was going on the mission field. On the mission field. I didn't mention any kind of attire. I just said mission field. People know what you wear on the mission field. This young man brings me a box, a gift. I open it up. She said, Marty, it was a brown dress. My size, she said, and she wore it in Kenya. And she said, but the crazy thing was it didn't have a pink rose on it. Until I looked at the label. And the brand name was Pink Rose. It's in the book. I ver before I put it on paper, I verified with Monica, is that the truth? Is that what happened? She said, 100%. You could have never known that. I said, but the Lord knew. And not only, <laughs> she's still alive today, 2023. Saw her son graduate. Saw him get married. Got grandbabies. And she has lived and not died to declare the works of the Lord. I gotta, I gotta wrap up. I gotta wrap up. Stay standing. Stay, stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. I gotta wrap up. I gotta wrap up. God is not limited when He can speak. I'll finish it Wednesday. I'll finish it Wednesday. My second, my slide's not working. The second one. God is not limited when He can speak. Mm, I'm hitting it. There we go. <laughs> Hit it harder. God is not limited in where He speaks. He can speak anywhere. I might speak to you this morning, right here. And He's not limited in how. Open visions, visions, dreams, audible voice, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. You know, a word of wisdom was in, in Solomon's day when the mothers, two mothers, brought one baby. And both mamas said, it's my child. 
Well, we know that's impossible, and so did Solomon. Right? So Solomon has presented a, a, a situation, a dilemma. Two mamas, one baby. And both are going, it's my baby, it's my baby. And he's like, my intellect takes me so far, I don't know what to do. But the Lord speaks to him. And he tells them, okay, hand me the child. They hand the baby over to Solomon. He takes a sword and he says, I'll slice the baby right down the middle and give both of you half. And one of the women broke, devastated. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Give that baby to that mother. Let that child live. He said, perfect. You're the mother. Here's your baby. <laughs> Word of wisdom that you would not know any other way. That's how the Lord wants to, to speak. I believe he's speaking to many of you in the room today. I believe he's telling you today, you'll live and not die. Come on, the, the culture says that cancer is going to kill you. That fibromyalgia in your body you'll always be tormented with, but the word of the Lord for you today is no, no sir and no ma'am. That sickness and disease is part of Psalm 103 that says, I want to receive all the benefits. I forget not all your benefits. Healing, deliverance, Lyme's disease, incurable Tourette's, it has to bow. And the Lord wants you to hear that today. I declare that over you. And watch this. I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> I'm going to end with this. Wednesday night, I was sitting right out here. And I saw four numbers. Four, seven, one, six. I don't know if that's your child's birthday. I don't know if that's your passcode to your laptop, iPad. 4716. 4716. I don't know if that's the code to get in your truck, your car. I don't know if it's to get in your garage. 4716. Maybe somebody watching. I said, Lord, what is it? Is it a date? Is it a, is it a combination? He said, why are you trying to figure it out? Why, why do you have to figure it out? Just be obedient to what I said. Four, seven, one, six. Does that mean anything to anybody in the room? Four, seven, one, six. I don't make anything up. God doesn't need our help. Four, seven, one, six. Could be April 7, 2016. I don't know. Could be anything. But I heard it Wednesday night. Four, seven, one, six. Lord, speak to us. We want to hear your voice. You're here today, Lord, saying, I love you. Church, he's saying, I love you. Maybe, you. maybe a friend invited you today, and the Lord's saying, I love you. I died for you. But God, I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm, I'm dabbling in alcohol and meth and weed, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm shacking up with my girl, and Lord, she's not even my, my wife. And the Lord goes, I know this. I know. But while you're in your sin, I love you, and I died for you, and I came for you. The Lord's speaking to you. He wants to save you. He wants to heal your body today. Let him speak to you. Would you just say this as Pastor Todd comes? Would you just say this? Lord, speak to me. Lord, your servant listens. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stay right here, Pastor. I... Um, that word, 4716, what people don't understand is that this service will be watched by thousands of people. 
there may be someone three months down the road that says, God, would you speak to me? 4716. We received that word. Just because it didn't manifest right here, God may know someone that's going to watch this that may be suicidal and say, Lord, I need to know that you're real and would you speak to me? God will, God will make you uncomfortable and make him vulnerable to speak to someone three months, 90 days down the road. I don't know if I've ever heard a better teaching on this than what we heard tonight. So here's what I'm going to ask to do. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Marty. Here's what I'm going to ask. I want you to continue teaching Wednesday night on this. Can you do that? I want all of you to be here Wednesday night. It's, it's a service that lasts for an hour and ten minutes. You're out by 8.10. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll have three songs of worship, and then we'll get right into about 30 to 40 minutes of teaching. Would you guys like to hear even more of what God's doing? I'm going to ask him to head off stage. He's going to be out in the lobby. Uh, please wait on him if you want the book to be signed. Um, I received a copy the other day, a signed book of Steve Hill out of a man's library. He says, I'm sending this to you. He said, there are very few of these left. When Steve Hill wrote that signature in his book, he probably had no idea the value of that today. It is a prized possession of mine, an autographed copy. I don't know where the North Georgia Revival is going to end up in history. But what a legacy to leave your son or your daughter of a signed copy of a man that's baptized tens of thousands of people. And you can go back and say, your grandchildren can say, I heard about that. I got a copy from my grandmother of that man. So just don't go, ah, this Pastor Marty. It's Pastor Marty. It's Pastor Marty. We love him. What a day. I am so full. I am licking the side of the cup. I can't wait till Wednesday night. Make sure you're here for that. All right? And tonight, prophet's on his way. I texted him while I go. I said, it's on fire in this building. He just sent one of the emojis of someone crying and laughing at the same time. And so he's, he's going to be here. You don't want to miss that. And then prayer at 5 o'clock. I love you. Can I bless you before you go? Lord, I thank you for our wonderful people. I speak life over them in peace. Lord, we are full. Thank you for the richness, the integrity, and the character of Pastor Marty, Paula Joe, their family. Thank you, Lord, for Marion and Patsy. Thank you, Lord, for them. We pray for great days ahead in their health. We love you, Lord. Can't wait till tonight. In Jesus' name.